0: continue with what I've been looking at for the past few weeks. We've been looking at about our identity, um, and we will, by God's grace, get a lot more further than we did the last time. So, for the past few weeks, we've been looking at what is our identity. Um, We've been looking at four ways our identity in Christ changes our lives, and how to build, and we're going to be looking at, hopefully today, how we can build our identity. Morning. Um, so let's see if we can look at some high spots for those who, it's the first time that you're hearing it, welcome, good to have you, mom, good to have you, um, good to have you. So we're going to look at some high spots, and then we'll go into what we need to look into today. But before we do that, I want to read the main scripture, because this main scripture, it actually speaks about our identity, a lot about our identity in Christ. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14, and we'll read, blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in Christ, just as he chose us in before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound to us toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in all one... in... Together, in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in on earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who are first trusted in Christ... ...should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation... ...in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise... ...who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession... ...to the praise of his glory... So in these verses of scripture we said there are many treasures and riches that, that has been given to us as believers in Christ and we as believers in Christ we've received an identity and it's not the identity of the world as we said before that the world likes to give us to try to give us an identity and tell us who we are and how we should behave and how we should come and go about our lives. But the Word of God has given us a cl- uh, clear identity here, and we, we looked at these things that when we come in, we come to Christ, we are adopted. the Bible says, the Bible says ha- how we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, which is telling us that we don't need to be trampled upon the dev- by, by the devil, but we trample upon him because we're seated in Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The, we also looked at how we, um, we we are accepted in the beloved. So we don't. There's nothing special that we need to do in order to be em, embraced. All we need to do is to believe upon the Lord Jesus, and we're saved, and we're accepted in the beloved. So we we've, we we've received like we've been adopted into the family of God. We looked at these things, and we looked at what the meaning of identity is. We said that uh, the meaning of identity was: it's, a, it's when we is who is a person who and st- who a person is, or the qualities of a person. Who a person is, or the qualities of a person, it makes up the person. And we said that see, there is. Identification, there's natural identification. We said that when we go to the bank or wherever we go to the airport, wherever we go, we have to have a natural form of ID. But the spirit, the the one I want to talk about and emphasize today, is the spiritual identification that we need to embrace. And we need to embrace this spiritual identification because as, as we go on in this world, we're going to find more and more, increasingly, that if we don't know who we are in Christ, we will be trampled upon, and we won't. We, we will be uh, allow the things of this world to infiltrate our lives. So we was looking at the the importance of identity, and we looked at Jesus when he went to um, the gaz- the Gadarenes, And he went on to the other side. The Bible says how two possessed men knew exactly who he was. There was no trouble there. These demons knew and could clearly identify who he was. And Jesus dealt with them because they knew who he was and he knew what he needed to do to take them on. We then looked at the certain scriptures that emphasized about our identity in Christ. So we looked at many things in that regard. And then we also spoke about if we're walking in Christ, that there is a certain way that you talk. There's a certain way that you think. There's a certain way that you carry yourself as a child of God. So for example, we mentioned that if you've Got a headache. So you don't say, oh, my headache. It's not your headache. You just got a headache. But if you're in Christ, you say, this headache is gone in Jesus' name. You don't identify with it. You identify what God's word says. And that goes for every other situation that we may have in our lives. Just as Marcy was saying, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We need to embrace that in whatever circumstance or things that we are facing, in whatever thing that is coming against us with such great force. Because remember what Jesus said. He said, in this world you will have tribulations, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world, we will overcome. So we mentioned these things, and then we mentioned about those scriptures about we don't need to be condemned anymore. We don't need to walk in condemnation. We mentioned that, and then we jumped on to, I'm jumping to the point that I really want to try and get to today. We looked at the four ways ways that identity in Christ, it changes us. And the first thing we said, we said we, are no longer, we no longer have to chase after the desires of the flesh, but instead seek to bring glory to God in all areas of our lives. That was the first thing that we looked at. And we broke it down, and we said about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we were saying how Jesus, each time when he was tempted, he was tempted in all of these areas, but he was without sin and was able to overcome each one. So then we got to the point of number two. We finished on number two. And we was about to enter into a different section. So we said, we don't need to, we no longer need to fear about the future. We no longer need to fear about the future. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 15, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, For you did not receive a slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So we have peace with God. And there's nothing to fear. I was, I was told that every, every, there's, a, there's a scripture, there's a fear not for every single day of our lives. So we don't need to fear, even though at times we may feel the fear gripping us. But remember, it's just a feeling. And I, I'm reminded that David always said, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And that's the best thing to do, the best position to put ourselves in, that whenever we feel afraid, we tell the Lord, Lord, I feel afraid, and we look to him so that we don't fear in that particular circumstance. Whatever it is, whether it's a relationship problem, whether it's a financial problem, whether it's... uh, you not knowing where to go, how to direct your future, just look to Him and ask Him, Lord, where do you want my life to go? Where do you want me to be directed in this situation? So the point that I wanted us to move on to next of all is number three, and it reads this: We have no need, we have no need to compare ourselves to others when we seek to please Christ alone in whom our identity is hidden. We don't need to compare ourselves. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 14, verses 5 to 8, that in the same way some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike, you should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord since they give thanks to God before eating and those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks for we do for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves if we live it's to honor the Lord and if we die is to honor the Lord. So wherever we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Each of us has received a mandate upon our lives. Each of us has our own race to run. And we can't be looking at others to get guidance in terms of oh, that's how I should do it, because they've done it like this. Or, so-and-so has got this um, this special, um, this this very, um, let's just say he, he, they've got like something that's, they've done it this particular way of their education. And so because they've done it that way, I must do it that way. We can't compare ourselves with others. The Bible says, as we're about to read, that He has a plan and a blueprint for us. So, how do we start to find the blueprint for our lives? The way that we find the blueprint for our lives is feeding off the Word of God. When we feed off the Word of God, it will start to give us. The the information and the revelation, it will start to renew our minds and change our minds. Because remember, we need to align ourselves with his thinking and align our thoughts with his thoughts and align our ways with his ways. Because when this happens, it makes it very easy for God to show you and unfold to you the blueprint that he has for your life. So when you, you and I, we feed off the Word of God, and we look into the mirror of the Word of God, that will show us the things that we need to change and adjust. And we spend time in prayer. The Word of God and prayer. The Word of God and prayer. These things are so crucial. We say these things maybe week in, week out, but we cannot Take it for granted. Feeding off the word of God and praying and calling upon his name is the way to do this in seeing the blueprint for our lives. Jesus said something. I tell you that in John chapter 5, verse 19, I tell you the truth the Son of Man, the Son. The Son of Man cannot do anything of himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also will do, does rather. You see, Jesus learned the secret that any single time he needed to know what the Father needs him to do. He went into the presence of God. He didn't go anywhere else to find an answer. He didn't go anywhere else to get enlightenment. He went to the Father, and before the thing happens, he knew because he was in the presence of the Father, and the Father revealed it to him. So then he knew what to do and how to do it and when to do it because he was led of the Spirit, The fourth thing that I would like to mention is we should not be surprised when suffering comes, but we can be confident that it will produce things of eternal value. And with that, I would like to read Romans chapter 8, verse 16. To 17. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 16 to 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. In our identity in Christ, we are guaranteed that at times we'll go through troubling times. All of us will have to face troubling times. Recently, unfortunately, we, had, we heard the news, um, you know, our Pastor Joe, he, he passed away, and then also Sharon recently passed away, and that is very sad. It's very, very tough. And, you know, at times it's it's, it's direct in our lives where we face things, and it feels, it may feel even overwhelming, like, oh my goodness, it feels like my whole world is going to crumble. It feels like I'm not going to overcome this. But I want to encourage you, my dear brother, my dear sister, Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, you'll have trouble, you'll have trials. But take courage, I have overcome the world. So you may say, how do I overcome? By just hearing the word, by trusting in what he said. By hoping in what he's saying. At times it may not feel like, I can't, I, I, the, the emotion... Is too overwhelming. But this is what David says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You speak to your soul. You declare the word of God. You speak the word of God. As you speak it, strength will arise and you will align your emotions. Because remember, our soul is like a dog in this sense, it needs to be dragged. It needs to be ushered in the right way. And we do that by speaking the word of the Lord. We do that by saying and aligning our soul with the word of God. And we, when we speak the word of God, we are engrafting God's word onto our heart. You know what it says like in the epistles? That we should receive the engrafted word. Which is able to save our souls. Our souls need to be saved. And is saved as we speak the word of God. As we meditate upon the word of God. It will bring transformation on the inside of us. So I want to look at some other ways that how we can build our identity in Christ. And with that, I want to read Romans chapter 12. Um, If if you can bring up Romans chapter 12, John Mark. Verse 1 and 2. And I want to speak about a few ways that we can build our identity other than what I've mentioned. So therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your Reasonable, your true and proper worship. I've got the King James in my mind, my reasonable service. I like the King James. (laughs) Then, verse 2 Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Oh, you've changed the version. Thank you. We're going to the old King James. Good. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove that is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The first thing is in verse 1. It says that we need to present ourselves to God. Before there can be a transformation, there needs to be a presenting of ourselves before the Lord. There needs to be, Lord, my heart, my life. I present it before you. Lord, I know that without you, I'm nothing. I am dry, I am barren, I am empty. I present my body. Lord, I want to walk holy and clean before you. Lord, please help me. Lord, I am weak. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that the weak, when I'm weak, I am strong because your strength is made perfect in my weakness. So you're presenting yourself before the Lord. And then it goes on to say in verse 2. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. You see, the world is wanting us to conform to certain things. It's wanting us to conform to certain images and thoughts and ideas and ideologies. But it then goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we, are renew- when we renew our minds with the word of God and we think upon the word of God and we chew upon our minds upon the word of God, we'll be able to prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Because we've done the prerequisites. The prerequisites is that we've presented ourselves, we've brought ourselves before the throne of grace. And then we've renewed our minds, we've chewed on the word, we've spoken the word, we've meditated upon the word. We've allowed the word to, be, to come from our head into our spirit and then we, we're convinced, because that's the whole point of meditation. The whole point of meditation is that you become convinced that this, the word of God is true. It's not just, a, it's not just it's not this black and white letters. And then when it gets to that point, then it makes it very easy that we'll be able to prove. So I'm saying this to say that we, this, in, in order for us to reject the worldly behaviors and ideologies, we've got to receive the word in our minds once again. We've got to meditate upon the word. But then also, before that, we need to present our bodies, a living sacrifice before him, consistently. It's not just um, for, for today, but it's for tomorrow and every other day. We have to constantly search our hearts, constantly look at our hearts, re-evaluate ourselves because none of us are perfect and none of us have got it all together. Every single one of us are in the same soup as it were and we have to constantly bring our hearts saying, just as David did, did, search me, O Lord, and see if there is any wicked way in me There needs to be that. And just as he did, he spoke of in Psalm 63, I think it is create in me a clean heart. There must always be this, this kind of attitude coming before the Lord. A heart of brokenness, a heart that is just wanting to be totally yielded and given over. Because there are there are things that the Lord wants to do in our lives but there's some at times he has to clear all the junk out clear all the rubbish out which is why at times we go through these things so he can allow his glory to come and it may feel like well lord what how how can you allow glory to come through this that's exactly what happened to jesus that's exactly what happened to him. He died on the cross. And it looked foolish. The Son of God came on this earth. And he was doing miracles. People were receiving their sight. People were being raised from the dead. And they thought, this is it, man. God is, this, you know, the, the Roman Empire... Is going to, going to be taken over by Jesus? No, no, no! He didn't come for that. He came to seek and to save the lost. And then he was dying on the cross. There must have been so that the devil was thinking, "Oh, great! I've got him here. I've got him locked. He's sealed." And then when he was in hell, they, they, they had some big party going on down there with their tenants and all that. They were drinking. This. They thought. He's he's, he's done for. He's gone. But then little did we know that on the third day, the Bible says how Christ rose from the dead. And the Bible says that he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So the people that was in Abraham's bosom was then escorted up to heaven because he had paid the price for man. And man then had a chance to come back to God because of what Jesus had done. But what I'm saying that to say, that at times it may feel even like burdensome in the different things that you're going through, troubling. And it may feel like you know what, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it tomorrow. You will. You will make it tomorrow. The Bible says that I, for I know the thoughts and the plans that I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. The thing is, we have to be careful as believers because it's very easy to allow the customs of this world to infiltrate our hearts. Even the customs of this world to come into the church. It's happened so many times. We have to protect our hearts. As the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, we have to guard our hearts with all vigilance consistently, every second of the day. There's so many different things flashing up on Instagram, on the news, or Facebook. You and I have to be so careful. Even in conversations, we have to guard our hearts. And if there are things that come our way, that affects us, we need to reject it. We need to be vocal and speak and push that thing away. Because the, the enemy is after to take us out. And he takes us out by trying to get into our eye gate, our ear gate, and eventually getting into our hearts. But God wants to bring us to new versions all the time. Oh, and I say that because um, I'm reminded probably that the lawyers will know about this one. We have this document management system, so you have different versions of a document. so you see version one, version two. so I'm saying that to say God wants us to go to the always to a newer version each time. He wants us to improve and to become better. But the way that happens is when we do what we've we've just mentioned here i want to read a verse a couple of verses from the book of colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 this is this is tying into that roman scripture that I feel would be very appropriate. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And it says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So in these verses of scripture, it says here, if you, if you, are, if you are risen with Christ, that we need to seek those things that are above, where Christ sitteth. That's the first thing. Once we seek, see, because in order for us to even set our affections, there has to be a seeking first. You have to seek Him. You have to. You can't be for. I'll give you this example. So you want to be looking to the Lord in your heart. It's like your focus is, no, Lord, it's okay. I'm 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 talking to you, but no, I'm I'm just doing this here. But your 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 full attention and focus is not on Him. And I'm saying that to say like you 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 point your Your mind, your heart, your spirit, you focus on Him. And when you, and and so you seek Him with everything. So then it goes on to say, you set your affections on things above, not on the things on this earth. So the things that really mean a lot to you, you put your focus, you put your energy. You put your mind and your effort, everything into it. This is so it's like you seeking the Lord, but everything, as you're seeking him, you're setting your affections, those things that you really love. You're putting your your whole thing into it. Your time, your money. Because you you love the Lord so much, you want to please him, you want to honor him with your life. So you pour everything you have. Just as that woman with the alabaster box broke the oil on the master's feet, she brought her all before him. Because when we bring our all, the Bible says that we, we the, the Bible says that seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. But there's another scripture that speaks in Isaiah that when you seek him with all your heart, then you'll find him. You've got to seek him with everything. Everything you have. I think with that, I'm going to just finish up, and I want to pray that the, that the Lord will um, help us in those things, those areas that I've mentioned. Now, you may be online, and some of the things that I mentioned about you going through different struggles different challenges, or it may be that you are wanting to just go deeper in him, or it may be that you just need to gain a stronger identity in Christ, which is my main message. If that's you, I'm just going to pray for you, whether you're here or you're online. And so, Father, I thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what has been shared. I pray, Father, for your people. Lord, you see where each person is at. You see each unique circumstance and situation before them I pray father that you will minister to them at the point of their need I pray father if it's a financial breakthrough father that you will help them and lead them and open the door for them and father if it's a relationship issue I pray father that you will help them In their relationship issue, bring them the answer and the solution. Father, if it's grief, oh, Father, we pray for your peace and your comfort to come and help strengthen your people. Lord, we pray that you will help us with our identity, that you will help us to grow stronger in knowing our identity in you so that we'll be able to stand and that we will be able to operate and do the things that you need us to do. Pray, Father, that you will continue to encourage your people, protect your people. And Father, I just pray for those who need your healing touch That, Lord, wherever, whoever they are, whether they are online or whether they're here in person, I pray that your Holy Spirit will touch them and restore any part of the body or in their hearts or their their emotion. I speak healing in the name of Jesus, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.